This is a CBC Podcast. This is the sound of one of the many amazing forests in our region. Now, sadly, I am not there right now. I actually recorded this while on a trip to Alert Bay a few summers ago, and I just listen to it sometimes when I need to escape for a moment. But of course, another great way to escape is to get lost in a book. And on this episode, I'm talking to someone who wrote a book full of fantastical worlds to escape to, inspired in part by the ones right here on the island. When I'm world building and I think of trees, I think of the trees here, and then I have to like, okay, Giselle, like, not everything can be a rainforest. So, <laughs> <laughs> Stay tuned for a conversation about worlds inspired by the island and by mythologies from around the world. This is Vancouver Island. It is both where I am and also the name of this podcast. I'm Catherine Marlowe. Now, I wanted to speak with Giselle Verizon after I read the description of her book, which said she used her Jamaican, Chinese, and European-Canadian heritage to build fantasy worlds for young adult readers. Giselle is just 23 years old, and she grew up on Salt Spring. These days, she lives on the other side of the ferry in Crofton. And she's written a book based partly on the sort of things she liked to read as a kid, like the Percy Jackson books about a person who goes on an adventure based on Greek mythology. So the idea is based on that, but also based on what she felt was missing. Why We Play With Fire is my first young adult fantasy book that I've written. And it's about a girl who goes on an adventure through mythological other worlds. It was sort of pitched as an inclusive own voices, Percy Jackson with like a feminist tilt. So it's like, I think one of the biggest uh, inspirations for me at the very beginning was, what if there was a story about mythology that had the same mix of mythologies that I have in my own ancestry? What was it like to, to go learn about those and how much of it did you already know and how much of it did you have to discover it was incredible that was Mm -hmm. actually it was like um you know there are so many quotes the more you know about your mother the more you know about yourself Mm -hmm. the more you know about your family the more you know about yourself the more you know about your history the more you understand your future um so i didn't know much about the mythology of my ancestry really at all our family is chinese jamaican so a lot of what we understood about our past was so like shrouded in mystery Mm. um, because of the slave trade and because of, you know, all of the feelings that come with that. Um, So when I went into researching for why we play with fire, I didn't really know where to start or what to do because I, I know Greek mythology so well. And I, the Norse mythology that's in it, I, I did a little bit of research too for my, my mom's dad's side, but the African and Chinese or the, um, yeah, the black mythology was, it was incredible to, to see that the things that I loved about Greek mythology and the things that intrigued me, like the vast network of gods and systems of magic and histories are all there for every, every different culture yeah. has that exact same level of like intricate storytelling. And when I started to like research more about Chinese mythology, I started seeing like 
I don't know, like little pieces of it that really felt like so familiar, even though I hadn't ever read it before. I was like, oh, this feeling is a feeling that I have felt in my family before this. And then I was looking at the Black mythology. I was like, oh, this energy is something that I felt translated through my relatives, even though I didn't have that like oral, you know, storytelling yeah. aspect. So it, yeah, it felt like I was finding out more about myself and I'm still learning. I love soaking up myths. <laughs> I love that these worlds that you've created come from all of these mythologies from around the world. Obviously, I'm reading it here, and so I'm looking for elements of here in it, but there are forests and oceans and, and all of the stuff that also I thought, oh, well, she like th there's islands in here as well. Yeah. Is, is it? It's, yeah, it's very much connected to here because, I mean, how could it not be? We live in such yeah. a incredible place to look at and to be inspired by when i when i'm world building and i think of trees i think of the trees here and then i have to like okay giselle like not everything can be a rainforest so <laughs> if we're gonna <laughs> if we're gonna adjust it like i think something that's really cool is like that uh, the tactile feeling of being on the west coast because i'm from toronto when we moved here when i was 11 so i was like very aware of the difference between the, like the like the texture of the air is so much heavier yeah. here and it's wet. And in Toronto, it's dry and there aren't very many trees. So when you breathe, the air doesn't go in the same way as it does when you're here. So when I go to write, um, when I was going to write the forests and the other worlds, I was thinking about those, the differences in like the weight of the air compared to here, because I know it so well. And I was thinking about how like your foot would feel going onto a ground that has like moss versus not. So it's definitely like, even if it doesn't necessarily look exactly the same, I f in my head, I was comparing it. And that was where the the descriptions came from, for sure. I forget sometimes, you know, I, I'm not a writer, but I'm an avid reader. How much a good book, how much research that author has done that, that you don't even know is on the page and how much thinking, like I didn't think about, oh, you're thinking about the weight of the air when the person is stepping. I wouldn't even, that wouldn't even cross my mind. But as I'm reading it, I'm, I'm getting that sense. Like you, you've gone so deep to build these worlds. I really like it. It's just, it's fun. It's like yeah. you get to dive in and you get to build out. It's one of my more favorite parts is the world building for sure. Now, Giselle didn't just build worlds for her book. She wrote the book that her younger self needed. When I first started to write young adult fantasy, I was a young adult and I was trying to escape into fantasy. Yeah, I was like uh, the only black person in my grade, essentially. There might have been one or two others, but definitely in my class. And not being able to see myself represented in the people around me meant that I was looking for, yeah, a way to see myself more to amplify me to feel like oh this is okay that thought is valid mm -hmm. and i didn't really realize that's what i was doing until later and it's like it's been definitely like a whole unraveling process for identity yeah and writing yeah the book before it enters the, the mythic world it starts on Salt Spring Island and, and in Crofton and, and on the ferry back and forth. It's a very yeah. islandy book. A and your character, Thea, encounters some of that, the, the microaggressions and the she talks about being the only black person in her school and the only black person that she knows. Um, I, I don't know this because I'm not a black person, but 
I would guess that a lot of the books that were available to you that had characters who had your background were set in the States or set in other places. Yeah. How, how important was it for you to now have this book where it's set here in, in our part of the world? It's Yeah, it's incredibly important. When I was first um, starting to read YA, there were basically no Black characters at all, let alone in Canada. Um, all of the Black characters that I was reading about, you wouldn't really know that they were Black until book five or something like <laughs> that in a series. So it felt a lot like an afterthought, like the author was like, oh, let's add this in. Or maybe I don't know what the story is behind it. They could have added it in and then someone else took it out. But there were hardly any main characters for sure in that pocket of time that I was reading. And then when I did read um, characters of color, it was a lot of struggle stories. So a lot of stories about um, like the harsh sides of being a person of color, just like living with brutality or living with something really intense happening. And then it just being like an informative book. And those books are so important and they're so valid, but I just didn't want to continuous, like continue to push that exact same narrative. So I was really trying to bring in like elements of that into this, into my story, but not make that the story. Yeah. And I think that that's pretty clear in the beginning. You have my, we have microaggressions, but we don't have aggressions because that's how that was my experience. Like yeah. growing up here, it's, I think it's kind of there in the book. I really wanted it just to be a, feeling of expansiveness into all of the things that, you know, being BIPOC means. And I wanted it to feel inclusive and I wanted it to feel like exciting and happy and like, it's kind of, yeah, how the book is. <laughs> yeah. This book is so much, I mean, we've talked about your sort of, your background broadly, but so much of this book is your mom, right? Like even even your your main character, you made her sort of, your mom in, in, in terms of her her mm -hmm. lineage. So what does your mom think of the book? My mom has read this book. This is going to be her third reading of the book. <laughs> so she read it when it was a first draft and she gave me, she's my biggest advocate and definitely my biggest critic in the best way. <laughs> yeah. Good. So she'll be like, okay, Giselle, like I'm, I'm with you on this, but this doesn't make any sense. I'm going to need you to flesh this out. I don't understand what's going on here. Those were her first notes. And then I was like, oh, leave me alone. You don't know anything about anything. Right. <laughs> and then I had an editor and the editor said the exact same things that my mom had said to me. <laughs> so I was like, okay, cool. Um, so she's always, in, she's incredibly supportive and she loves it. What what, do you, what have you been doing to, I mean, I know it's such a slow process. Like the the book was done a long time ago and now you're a pub day. What have you been doing to celebrate yourself for, for pulling this off? You know, that's a big question because I think I've been, especially as a black woman, it's hard to, imposter syndrome is real and it's hard to allow good things to happen, even when they're happening and even when you're doing the actions towards them working. It's like, it's insane. It feels like I've been like digging a hole for a really long time and I finally hit like the box at the bottom of the hole, but that I'm still in dig mode, do you know what I mean? So like, yeah. I've taken the box out and it's just beside me and I know there's all this excitement to be had, but like putting down the shovel and picking up the boxes is, is something that I'm going through now. And I think that the way I've been integrating it the most is just having the opportunity to talk to people about it is great because it's such an internal process. Being able to like relate it relate to people about it the characters even after they've read it i'm like oh my gosh you picked up on that that's crazy i'm so excited like that makes me feel really full yeah being able to talk to 
yeah, people in my community about it. And then, you know, just having like a little bit of a break, like to have been able to turn away from it as my project and turn towards it as something that other people can have. And like as an offering Mm. has been really helpful for me, like letting in the good energy. I asked what your mom thought, but you wrote this for young adults. What do you want them to think? What do you want them to, to feel when they're reading it? I want them to read it and feel like they could, that they do belong in the story and that they see themselves being a Malachite or that they think to themselves, I was in this situation and I know exactly what I would do. Or, you know, I just want anyone who picks it up, like, to just feel at home. And I think that's the whole point of there being a, like a house for misfits is that everyone feels like oddly shaped, you know, and that there is a space that your odd shape fits in, I think is my big wish for this. Yeah. I I love that the, the sort of trio that, that Thea joins up with in, in that, even in those three people, there are so many opportunities for people to see themselves in, in what their personalities are like, how how they identify that you can just kind of go, okay, there, that, that, that one's me, or, or here's how I would fit here. I'm, I'm glad you said that, taking it in. <laughs> <laughs> well, Giselle, thank you so much for, for taking the time to speak about it. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Giselle Verizon's debut novel is called Why We Play With Fire. You can already find it in some libraries and bookstores on the island and on the islands. And if you can't, you can always request it. That's it for this week's episode of This Is Vancouver Island. It was produced by me, Catherine Marlowe. Madeline Green is executive producer. And of course, if you like what you hear, please rate and review us on your favorite podcast app. And if you happen to have friends or family like I do in Calgary or Edmonton or Ottawa, tell them to check out our sister podcasts, which are called, unsurprisingly, This Is Calgary, This Is Edmonton, and This Is Ottawa. There's also a new series of local podcasts in Saskatchewan, Montreal, and PEI. They're all called Good Question. So Good Question Saskatchewan, Good Question Montreal, and Good Question PEI. You can find them on your CBC Listen app or wherever you get your podcasts. And you can find the next episode of This Is Vancouver Island. That's this podcast in all of those places next Tuesday. Thanks for listening. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.